If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3. Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. And uh, it's good to be with you on a Balls Big Wednesday. Hey, I, I mentioned this yesterday. I should get it out there. We always like to uh, throw out news of note, even if it's not something that's going to be a prolonged conversation, especially because it's off season. But it is the time of year where you would bring it up, and it is pertinent. And I actually think it's a good signing. We did get a signing. FSU Basketball. Filled out their, uh, continues to fill out their 2023 roster. You guys remember Darren Green Jr., right? You can remember him lighting us up for whatever that was, 20-something points, hitting threes all over the place when UCF beat us here to end the winning streak? That kid is coming here. It's going to be our guard, our point guard. And so uh, via the transfer portal, we bring him in to go along with Brown University's transfer forward, Jalen Ganey. Um, Green, by the way, is a tall guard at 6'5", big kid. And... Played three seasons with UCF, started 66 of the 82 games uh, while he was there, averaged over 13 points a game, shot over 40% from the field, shot nearly 40% from three. So, okay, I'll take all of that. I like it. He was third in the AAC in uh, three-point field goal percentage uh, in his career. So you have, a, you know, the guy's kind of a, a volume perimeter shooter, but when he's right, he can do what he did against us and, and carry the day. So you've got... The new transfer from Brown, this kid, and Cleveland as three of your linchpins in your rotation for next year. And we'll figure out what the rest of the young guys want to do, like a Worley or a Butler. You know, those are still to be determined, and they just need to declare what they're going to do because that will help fill out the rotation. Then you kind of know what your baseline looks like. I know that there are other players, but these are the principal pieces that will help you improve because I, I can't imagine that Cleveland's game won't improve drastically from year one to year two. Yeah, and that was big for him to come back. And you know how we feel about some of the other pieces. I love Butler, all those guys. So it will be interesting. You know, we asked the question yesterday, has Bleak Osborne announced what the hell he's doing? He's got another year if he wants it. He's not. Not yet, no. Well, not, not. 
mean, Polite did like two weeks ago, yeah, three weeks I'm ago. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering yeah. when that other shoe's going to drop. I hope mm-hmm. he comes back. But listen, if you think about what they had to do, this is a big pickup. And, and Green, basically, because of the COVID exemption, has two years of eligibility. So you, you've still got him. And he's the kid who, I said before, dropped 20 on us, went 6 of 9 from 3. They stunned us 86-74 in that game. That was a 41-game non-conference home winning streak that was snapped that night. Uh, when he came in here and lit up, uh, lit up the roster. I mean, lit up the uh, nets in the TLC double C. Um, thirteen scholarships. Where are we at? The biggest question now is whether the NCAA is going to enforce the thirteen scholarship limit uh, for men's basketball. Uh, they could waive that limit to accommodate players with the extra year of eligibility because of the twenty twenty COVID exemption. So that that's all still there. We'll see. I've seen a report, and it's not been confirmed by FSU that I've seen so far that. Um there's an assistant coach out of Boise State that we might have gotten. Uh, we'll see as, as the staff fills out. But that's the other major thing is where is the future of this program going? Because well, who is the successor? Because I, I don't think Gates is coming back. I don't think CY is coming back. Now that they've got SEC money, they're entrenched there. I, who's the next one? And is the, one of these next assistant coach hires a coach-in-waiting situation because Leonard trusts them through the networking that happens in, in the coaching community? It's a logical question no matter what you think, good or bad, about the program. Because Leonard Hamilton is going to be 74 years old in August. Uh, and by definition, you are in the twilight of whatever career you're in if you are 74 years old. So the, the organization, meaning Florida State Basketball, the athletic department, and the new athletic director, have to be thinking in those regards. What will be interesting to me, and this is just more of a big picture thing because I don't want to get into the weeds about basketball in April. But what I do think is fascinating is where is this program in stature in the eyes of those that you would be attempting to lure? So it's certainly better off than it was. There's no doubt about that. I mean, this is a program of major significance, not of minor significance, but major significance in the ACC for the better part of five, six years in a row until this year. Um, and even then, it was, a, it was a down year, but they went 500 in the ACC. It wasn't like a catastrophic year. You go to the last dozen years, and this is a team of program of major significance. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you look at the number of wins, home wins, ACC wins, average finish in the conference, top five over and over and over again in a league that features Duke and Syracuse and North Carolina and Louisville and all that. So, yes, without well, Virginia, obviously – uh, Florida State has etched out a place that is not synonymous with what this program's history suggests it should be. So is that duly noted in a way that allows you to perhaps put feelers out to some names, some names, people we know, people we not up-and-coming young coaches that you're willing to take a chance on that have never helmed a program of this magnitude, but rather somebody who has succeeded uh, and isn't uh, a known criminal, per se, like Bruce Pearl or guys like that. Well, he got his wish now. He lives in an era where a guy like himself can flourish. Yeah, well, but basketball has been that way for a very long time. The question is, where are we in the NIL world? And I know we just got done answering that with a positive, that you know, coming out of the MIMS you know, difficulties, you realize that we can compete with a, you know, uh, if that kid could have been considering multiple schools and he, played it out in the transfer portal for the next couple of weeks, it would have been us, Miami, USC, non-SEC schools, but big non-SEC schools that could command huge dollar values for a benefits package that would only be awarded after you're here and, and doing things on the up and up, and the sequence is correct. 
So we got the good answer that we've got NIL to compete in football, but, I mean, do you have enough to compete in basketball as well? Because that would be the first question I ask as a head coach, whether or not Florida State is more attractive than it was 10 years ago. Of course it is. But can you compete? Because we're in a different era now. I had a discussion with somebody last night, advertiser and partner on this show, and one of the many people that have supported us, and I thank them so much uh, for doing so. I'm talking about uh, Andy from Orange Theory Fitness. We had a wonderful dinner last night together. It's always great to catch up with him and what they're doing at Orange Theory, and I usually parlay that into conversations that I have with you guys uh, as I'm an endorser and an ambassador for Orange Theory. But but uh, we got into a, uh, just a sports topic of, of the SEC, and you look around at the SEC in baseball currently, and he's a big baseball guy. He went to Vanderbilt, Andy did, and graduated Vanderbilt. And uh, so he, he lo- obviously they've had a lot of success in baseball for a long time. And so, but he loves college baseball. And it's just cool for us to be able to sit down and talk about the teams. We were kind of shocked at what, the, what Tennessee's doing. I was going to say year. Tennessee came up if he's a Vandy guy. That's for sure. Well, it came up because they swept Vandy at Vandy, which, okay, at that point, you're like, well, Tennessee is not having it. I mean, this is getting ridiculous. Um, beyond the fact that at one point they were 25 and one, you know, they just keep on rolling. But the, my fear has been realized. And I was banging this drum several years ago. If you don't believe me, then think back, and I don't mean you, Tom, and you know, but think back to all the people that have listened to this show. How many times have I said aloud on the air that we need to tear that dump that we play in down to the ground and create a brand new atmosphere and stadium at Florida State that is commiserate to the success level that has gone on here for the past 50 years? That Florida State's Yes, they're missing a national championship, but it's the only thing they're missing. They've accomplished everything else there is. Now, I understand that's been elusive and frustrating, but uh, there are very few programs that have the resume uh, of Florida State, and yet, because we're stuck in the sorry-ass ACC uh, with not enough funds to go around, certainly not to compete with football in the SEC or Big Ten, for example— that the 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 trickle down effect, the runoff of all of the extra funds that the SEC now has, will begin to affect these other sports in which Florida State has sustained successes. So, softball and soccer, and I pointed to Florida State baseball because it pisses me off to no end to go and look in the top 20 and see all these SEC schools. The SEC has always been strong in college baseball, but it's getting stronger by the minute. It's because they all have ridiculous facilities, and they fund it in a way that we do not fund our baseball program or that most ACC schools do not fund their baseball programs. It is, it is the ability to go out and bring in coaches that you probably are overpaying for uh, to keep for them from going from, to other schools like ACC schools. And then to build facilities uh, that are attractive to a, a you know a recruit coming out of high school, we have to show them. Sadly, Dick Hauser Stadium, Mike Martin Field, which was once a jewel of college baseball, and is now outclassed by the vast majority of the schools in the ACC, much less the SEC, and certainly a select few in the Big Twelve. Yeah, preach, man! This conference is terrible. It sucks. Swafford failed. And, you know, wait till they see up there in Tobacco Road what happens when the SEC and the Big Ten are the only two conferences worth a damn in college basketball, their beloved sport, because they've got enough money to run off down there. Oh, we don't need booster contributions this year. You know what? Why don't you funnel that over to the NIL fund? Because we could use that five-star point guard that's thinking about going to Duke. 
Let's go get him instead, and they'll have the money to do it. Well, he may get bailed out, and it wasn't so simple as to say that he failed. There were there were obstacles in the way, Tom, if we're being fair. His okay, so his success and failure was keeping the ACC from imploding. So he succeeded, but his success is our failure. Yeah, I also think that people who believe that we could have gotten a network sooner are wrong on that. We didn't um, have to give away our third party rights though. We could have kept we, those. We had to in order to keep the conference together. Now, it's tough to project if he dies at that he time. Dies. Yeah, at that time to project that the showing of solidarity would in turn be the ruination because at that time the showing of solidarity was the only solidarity was the only way that ESPN would agree to fund a network which was what everybody was lobbying for so in that sense by getting them to sign those away he showed the proper solidarity ESPN then invested and said fine we'll invent create supply support fund the ACC network in 10 years well but because they were building the SEC network that right. that that had already got out in front, they weren't going to do two simultaneously. So the pitch now is, man, look at all these losers that were with for branding purposes. ESPN, look at what you're spending on Buck and Aikman, right? You know, you guys have that's so much money you're spending on Monday Night Football <laughs> oh, and all these other things, yeah. and you're doing the right thing. Look at your hockey contract. I mean, that's ridiculous. What? Where do you find all this money? Why would you want to be paying Boston College? Twenty some odd million a year. Well, sure, I would stab. Why don't you all take us winners? Members, uh, yeah. Well, what well, to do when you say, oh, "Why don't you take us winners?" Oh. Uh, you, five and seven. Only winning in the way that ESPN cares about. Yeah. It's funny how Florida State non-conference games or FSU Miami finds its way or FSU Clemson into that top ten every single year of the most viewed game. The Notre, FSU Notre Dame this past year, incredible numbers. We might be losing on the football field, ESPN, but you know what? Boston College does that. Here's the difference: we get ratings. So why don't you stick us in another deal that you have? That would be the pitch. It's like, you implode the deal. You can cancel it, ESPN. You can say, the hell with this. We don't want the ACC anymore. That's fine. We want the four select schools that are going to make us money. So the rest of you all can go pound sand. Yeah. We're going to end up, I think, ultimately, probably, (laughs) being saved. It's just enduring until that comes. I think so, too. That get-out-of-jail-free card And it card sucks, is... but it's going to happen. <laughs> now, when is the big question. You know, when? And can you do enough to remain relevant long enough that when the win happens, people go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll bring them along? Or is it going to be like that, uh, was it Rambo 2, where you get there and there's the helicopter, and you're like, come on, lower down. Yeah, was that two or three? I think that was First Blood Rambo well, Part the, 2. Well, the first one, First Blood, is the only one that matters, and then we yeah. all saw the other ones just because it, they were ridiculous and fun. I think two. But in terms of like. No, two, he gets out of the labor camp to start, and Richard Crenna takes him out, yeah. and then they go, and they're not they're supposed to go to a prison camp and not find anybody, but then they do. Then they bring the prisoners out, oh, yeah, and the yeah, helicopter yeah. lowers, you know, and it leaves. You know, you know what bothered me about that? Well, several things. First of all, just when, don't let that be our get out of jail free cars that helicopter where we're like, come on! And then they pull away. You <laughs> made me laugh. Sorry. I'm coughing. FSU is <laughs> Rambo. Yeah. So, when, so they come out with that movie, and we all love First Blood. It's awesome. And, uh, and then I was really excited early on. You're like, oh, Richard Crenna's back. Love me some Richard Crenna. By the way, I won a huge bet about Richard Crenna one time. Yeah, I know the story. Back uh, yeah. in college. Yeah, back in college. Drunk, Before drunk I am, on a couch. Yeah, you went to Blockbuster to figure it out or something? Oh, I was furious. Uh, me and my buddy Bob, we yeah. were arguing about 
Richard Crenna's name, and I got that right. Yes, I've told that story. Uh, so we were watching. You go to the theaters to see that movie, the second one. And then when they get to the camp, those leaves are plastic. Everything about the camp. I'm like, that was shot in a driveway. Look at this thing. They spent no money on the budget. All the money they've made. They know this is going to be a blockbuster. That palm tree looking thing is plastic. Wait a minute. So you walked out of Rambo 2 saying production value? Oh, I was furious about the production value. <laughs> the death count was absurd, but I wanted it to be. I knew it was going to be over the top nuts. And he had transformed his body into this steroid craziness. Right, right. All of that was nuts over the top. But spend a little on the leaves. I mean, can we get a real tree in here? What is going on there? Why does that torture device look like a mattress you picked up at the Goodwill (laughs) and stripped down? Why can't it be better? What are we doing here? You will tell us. Yeah, I forgot about it. And the radio. The radio looked like something I had as a kid with a little pushback. I was like, that's plastic, too. I promised you those are metal. You're not doing this right. Remember when he's having a yeah. personal yes? Well, and they had the they had the HQ with all the computers, and they had that generic noise that's in like war games as well. Right. Like, <laughs> There's just a bunch of flashing lights. Yeah. What is <laughs> modern technology, Rambo? <laughs> we can't lose you, Rambo. It's modern technology. <laughs> Look at this, zeros and ones, Rambo. So Jeff Cameron said, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Day baseball, Milwaukee leads the Buckos one to nothing. White Sox and Cleveland tied at zero. It's early, but the games, they are lined up. A bountiful amount of games for us to tune into tonight. If that's your cup of tea, it's mine. It's mine. I'll let you share. I had a cool moment. Hadn't happened in, I don't know, how many years. It's been a long, long time. I share it because it's kind of sports related, and men and, uh, and, and grandchildren, if you will, can, can relate to this sort of thing. I guess women can too, but it was, uh, I'll explain. I went, uh, last night I went to bed and I was watching ESPN's 30 for 30 on Greg Norman, which I highly recommend. It's exceptional. I hear it almost makes you like that piece of crap. Almost. And there are a couple of moments where you're like, oh, well, he's still hurting a little bit there. I didn't like seeing that. I don't like looking into people's eyes and seeing the window into their soul and the, and the, especially if they're not like nefariously bad but just egomaniacs you know <laughs> that kind of thing now he has kind of chosen to align himself with people that are nefariously horrible he's also just on the ground not a good guy you know yeah we found that out we mm-hmm. found that out um the point is they did they did such a good job as they usually do on these 30 for 30s and you are reminded of how many times i mean there are some moments, Tom, where you're like, and they show all of them again, every one of them. There were more than I remembered. We only remember the majors where he, you know, the Masters had happened to him, it happened to him again at the PGA. He had a lot of moments where you're like, oh, oh, that is not cool. That is unbelievable. That's 100 yards out. <laughs> like, that should not happen, you know? 
Then there's some that he bought on himself. I'm like, yeah, well, he may have made a 60-foot putt, Greg, but you shot a 41 on the back nine to be beaten. So, I mean, kind of don't put yourself in that position. Yeah, there's a lot of Arnold Palmer moments like y that. Yes, yes, like, yes. Oh, we lost by one again. Well, Arnie, you shoot 72, you win by five. Yeah, yeah. It's your you problem. You shot an 80, dude. Come on, I mean, Zach. You're, you're going to get hawked down. Yeah. Um, so my point is, I went to bed watching that. I would strongly recommend it. Human interest story is fascinating. And I, I credit to him, no matter what we think about Greg Norman, credit to him for sitting down and doing this as they show him every one of the collapses, including the most famous against his arch rival, Nick Faldo, at Augusta. And of all people, that is not who you wanted to get beat by. They did not like each other. That comes across quite clearly in this. In addition, by the way, Faldo's funny in this. Also, in, in addition, because he can be that way, uh, in addition, I give credit to Norman when he admits if Faldo has to, to get up and down from an impossible lie on Saturday in order to be in the final group on that Sunday, and he trails by six shots, if he doesn't get up and down from above the hole going straight into the water on this particular hole, then he's going to be in the second group and Norman's going to play with a very young, not all that known or experienced Phil Mickelson. He's asked if you... If you could have played with anybody else but Faldo, would that have been preferable? And he says, yes. He admits it. Wow. He admits it, which I couldn't believe. He's like, oh, I, I would have been fine playing with Phil. I, I could have handled that without any problem. But, yeah. And he goes, because I like to chat with people on the course, and Faldo would stare through your soul, and he refused to talk. I like to talk about myself as we walk the course. <laughs> <laughs> How great I am. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. And have people nod and agree. Yeah. So Faldo wasn't having it. He would never give anything back. And Faldo admits he was like, no, I stayed in my show. We're here to win and compete. I don't need to be chit-chatting with you. You know, like like that. That's what this is. All right. So I fell asleep to that. The, it, I, it, as soon as it ended, I turned off my television and went to bed. Why do I bring that up? Well, I bring that up because it must have facilitated this dream. And this is something that everybody can relate to. I had a dream in which... I had a long conversation uh, in the kitchen with my granddad. My granddad has been dead for over 20 years. My oldest son is named after him. I am very, this is the ring he gave me. I, I'm very, very close. I was very, very close to my grandfather. And I haven't seen him in that way in over a decade. I, I don't, I haven't spoken to him. And so to see him startled me in this dream. You and I were at my grandma's house in Treasure Island. What was I doing there? We were golfing and hitting golf balls onto the deck. Of She lives on the water. Mm -hmm. And she has, it's not a deck, it's a dock. Uh, we were hitting golf balls onto the dock in my dream. And we were talking, this is bizarre, we were talking about Florida State football. And as we were talking about Florida State football, as we're wont to do when we play golf together in general... We were just kind of exchanging stories and thoughts about Florida State and what we thought. We were trying to get the ball to land on the dock in such a way that, you know, it didn't roll off. And, of course, it's a hard surface, and so you had to, you had to really hit it. We were hitting, like, 60-degree wedges as high as we could with backspin so that it wouldn't go off the dock. It's a nearly impossible task, but the first to get it done would win whatever this competition was that we had. And neither of us could get it to stick. And so I said, hey, I'm going to run in the house real quick and get us a drink. And uh, in the dream, it is my grandma's house, and it's 
exactly like my grandma's house, nothing weird about it. And I walk in, and I'm going to go to the fridge, and as I get to the kitchen, my granddad enters the kitchen. And in the dream, I'm kind of taken back because my granddad's been dead, like I said, for a long time. And I said, granddad. And he he called me bud, and he goes, hey, bud, how are you? And it was his voice. It was his voice. I haven't heard his voice in a very long time. And I just froze. And I was, I, was, I said, I'm fine. I, I, I'm playing golf with my buddy Tom. And he, he's like, oh, okay. And he goes, let me ask you something. Have you ever had a flat steak from Columbia? <laughs> and I said, what? Like, it's a thing. And he's got this paper, and it's clearly got the steaks, the flank steaks, the, you know, the flat steaks inside. And I go, I don't think so. And he goes, oh, well, I'll make you one. Does your buddy want one? Yes. There you go. I spoke for you. Oh, good. It's a good choice. And I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. That'd be great. And my granddad's a really good cook, was a really, really good cook. And he got a cast iron skillet out. And he's like, you got to get it really hot. And I was like, okay. And every time he spoke, I just, I held on to it. I just, because I knew somewhere in there, I knew that, this was fleeting. I wasn't going to get to talk to him anymore. And I hung on his every word. And then he said, you got you know, you know what you do, you, you oil the outside of it and you, you know, you, you salt them with kosher and, and you pepper, and then you put a little butter down on the skillet. And he's like, what's not made better with butter. And I was like, that, that's, that's a fair point. He's like, right. And then he put the butter on there. And as we're sitting there, uh, I kind of looked at him, and, and, uh, and, and he's like, you go on out and play, and I'll call you guys in when they're done. And he laid the, the flat steaks down, and you could hear him sizzling, and it smelled so good. And I took one last glance at him because he didn't have a shirt on. And that's exactly as I remember him when I was younger. We would watch golf together. And I'm sure that's why I had this dream because it was during the Norman era, the end of the Nicholas era, all of that. I'm sure that's what facilitated this. But he didn't have his shirt on. And my granddad smoked, and in modern times, if I smelled him, I would think this was probably gross, but I used to love the way he smelled of a cigarette and Vicks. <laughs> I've said that before on the air. And I could smell him in the dream. And he was smiling. He had a great tan because he was always fishing out back uh, without his shirt on. Old retired guy. And he smiled at me, and I smiled at him. And I said, thank you. And he said, you got it, bud. And I walked outside, and that was the end of the dream. I woke up. How great a dream is that? What an amazing, amazing moment. And I just thought about that because it's pretty cool to have had a granddad or all of us and anybody listening. I think you can relate to this, that like your love of sports and your insight into people's personalities and the way people compete. And in this case, it was golf. But we watched football together. We watched baseball together. We watched all those things. It, it kind of spurs like later on your love of and your passion of those same things. And now all these years later, I'm 50 and I still get to talk about sports. Even, you know, while we're going through these disappointing times with Florida state, like, I don't know if that was my brain's way of saying, Hey man, you got it good. You know, here's a, here's a little glimpse of how all this got started or whatever it might be. And I don't know why I share that today, but it just, I've been smiling all day. It's a good thing. I mean, I, I woke up to it, poured a cup of coffee, and tried to remember every second of it. 
Yeah, I can tell you. Um, it's not easy to segue from that, but um, the voice line is is what sticks with me because you know those that I've lost in, in my yeah. life, I've always tried to really file away their voice. Yeah, because that's very important. Because you can remember how what they look like, and you I know remember sometimes manner- mannerisms. Absolutely, but how they sound. Like my grandmother, my uh, my Grammy, my dad's mom, kind of sounded like Willem Dafoe. So anytime <laughs> I hear Willem Dafoe. He's like, would you like a graham cracker? And it, like, it sounds like Willem Dafoe saying, you're not so different. We're not so different, you and I. But the reason that that's relevant to you know sports being something that connects the times, I've told this story before, but my father lost his, his father and his mother 30 days apart in 2004. It was April 15th, 04, and May 14th, 04. And she was, it was pretty much a broken heart. You right. know, that that yeah. took her. That happens quickly. She was going to come. Yeah, and they were married for 60 years, maybe. So, you know, she was going to come down and live with us, and we were going to, you know, that had happened before because she had a health scare and came down to Tampa. She needed to be in the in the warmer weather. But if it wasn't for a Stanley Cup run that summer with the Lightning, I don't know what we would have been able to talk about to not talk about the elephant in the room. Speaking about mm-hmm. my father mm-hmm. and me, mm-hmm. my father, my mother, and me. When we went up the first time, the Lightning were beating the Islanders in five. When we went up the second time, it was a lot harder because he cared for his mom in a different way, a much deeper level, and that was the Philly series. And we came back just in time to go to Game Seven together, win that one, and then when they won the Cup, it was a tough, it was a tough yeah. moment. But it was just like we're so thankful that sports was there to guide us through. And you yeah, know, it's it a serves that purpose man. for all of us. Yeah, it's a through line for sure. And every now and then you get a little lucky. Uh, you're, you're, you know, you're subconscious. Tap into something like that. I could not have known as I turned off the tube last night watching that special on the shark, whom we both kind of loathe as a person, but it was a fascinating thing. Triggered the opportunity for me to fall asleep and have a conversation for the first time in over a decade in my in my brain, anyhow, with my granddad, and to have it sound and look like him verbatim, and he was still cooking, which was great. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Worth your time tonight, Brooklyn at Boston, 7 o'clock, TNT. If Game 2 is anywhere close to as good as Game 1, you could be a marginally interested NBA playoff guy and still enjoy that matchup. That's intense. It is fun to watch, and it is well played. We shall see. Oh, by the way, as a side note, you probably don't know this, but uh, and I'm just talking about the casual, somewhat disinterested NBA guys. Golden State is uh, up 2-0 over Denver, and they're not only up 2-0. Uh, if you look at their points per 100 in terms of possessions, it's like 200. It's absurd. And they've got a team that is uh, eerily similar uh, to the ones that dominated the league. And uh, I don't know, man. I'd watch. It's really cool to watch them play again. Uh, it's cool, in fact, to see them play the way that they are. Uh, 123, 126, respectively. There's point totals in those two games. They've dominated the Nuggets up to this point, And... Uh, I don't know if you like if you like watching that. If you watch Steph Curry come off the bench and drop thirty four, okay, uh, that's uh, that's fun, especially as efficient as it uh, has looked up to this point. I gotta guess that uh, 
between Poole and then what Wiggins finally became and the return of the big three, it's worth your time. Just a side note, just throwing it out there. Still first round, not going to dive deep. Cool to watch. Good series. Not a good series, not a good matchup for Denver, but a good, a, a fun series to watch because of Golden State being healthy for once. I'm going to be the mercenary for this round of the playoffs. You know, usually in the past, the first round was just kind of lame. Outside, of, Once you got past like the 90s where those five-game series could get really tight, mm-hmm. I remember one year the Cavs beat the Knicks. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And it was like in five. <laughs> but then you got, in, you know, for about 10, 12 years there, this was like uh, five over under five and a half games, and you bet the unders across the board, you're going to do okay yeah. in the first round of the NBA playoffs. But I'm going to be that mercenary fan who waits until you get to a game six or a game seven before I lock into it. There's just, in an odd way, there's too much other stuff going on. Well, yeah, you just you decide whatever you want to prioritize. It's the beauty of where we're at. I mean, I understand most people, especially if you are football is way up here and everything else is a very distant second, third, or fourth, whatever order you want to put them in. For some people, especially if you're the upper end of our age demographic for the show, then maybe it's baseball for you, but it's so early in the season, maybe you're still giddy about it, you lock into that second. Maybe you are a hockey guy like Tom is, and I, obviously we're getting to the nitty-gritty as we get set to enter the playoffs and uh, obviously, I, I love hockey as well. Then, then you're locking into that as your second sport. Uh, maybe you're just hyper-focused on the draft, but you can't exactly do that on a nightly basis, right? I mean, there's only so much reading you can do about the NFL draft and the potential for trades and these fake mocks and everything else. Uh, there, there's all of that. So I saw one thing about Tampa specifically that suggested they might not go for a trench player in the first round, and I don't think that's nuts. Jason Light loves to pick in the 50s and 60s and go get an offensive lineman that's going to be plug-and-play. Now I do like the guard from Boston College who's he probably has, going to be available. He has been tied to Tampa at the, the specific spot yeah. in the draft. And Light's not going to try and find a bargain you know, in, in lieu of a sure thing in the first round. I think he would do it. But if the Bucks do go, I don't know, secondary player, wide receiver, or something like that, where they are, this guy has earned my trust. You know, he's had he's had some bad drafts, but on, no on the whole, yeah. hashtag on the whole, mm-hmm. he has been money in the middle rounds. I mean, money, especially in the trenches. Yeah, well, if you think about, uh, there are very few. Baltimore is probably the most, uh, of of the well-run organizations, the sustainability of and, and the flexibility they've shown in the draft has been the most consistent uh, of any franchise in football, right? I mean, I think if you, you – know, there's not much second-guessing over the years with Baltimore's draft, but even they screw it up. I mean, they're, they're, it, there's so much hit and miss, especially when you're talking about quarterbacks. So I I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not hard on uh, GMs who have some whiffs. I'm hard on GMs who have um, too few hits. You have seven rounds. You can find a couple of guys that are going to contribute on special teams. I mean, something, right? right? You got to give me something, and he's had more than that to be sure. So Jason Light's tenure goes back almost ten years now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's a hell of a run for a GM, by the way. And if you were going to count the hits, I mean, you need three hands. I mean, there's a lot of, ton of hits. hits. Ton of hits. Yeah. He's. Uh, I mean, as it goes in the league, it's just strange to say because as a Bucks fan, usually we we're always awful in the draft, and you just needed to kind of get lucky or. Somebody needed to fall to you because of a positive test at the combine or whatever it was. That that's what would turn it around for Tampa. Man, he's got to be top five going into going into this year's draft day. He's got to be a top five GM in terms of success rate because even the most controversial one, which was trading back, not taking Derwin James, and getting Vita Vea. Well, the most controversial one would have been taking Roberto Aguayo as high as he did. But okay, <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about first round. Yes. Sorry. Well. 
the high-profile moves. I mean, you know, even Jameis wasn't a whiff, per se. Um, well, he owns every franchise record in the book just about, so, yeah. Wait 10 more games, and that'll be, they'll no, all just, be gone. I'm, I'm just saying. But, you know, that move, which was they're going to take Derwin. And absolutely, they told Derwin he's going to come there, and then it's Vita, and you're like, oh, no, and he gets kind of hurt. For it. Uh, not kind of. He did get hurt in that first year. You're thinking, oh. He broke his leg, right? Didn't he? I mean, or but then it was the ankle, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I think it might have been the ankle. It might yeah. have been compound fracture. Whatever it was, might be Achilles. A man that big, that break dude some things. was the principal difference maker on the defense because yeah. he came back for that Packers game in the Super Bowl run. You're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to look, and it's all because of that game. Dude. Changes yeah. the game. Yeah. yeah, immovable. I just think the boomer bust position of this draft is so much fun. I mean, I that okay. If you assume that some of the down linemen are going to be successful, Trevon Walker, for example, from Georgia or something like that, you know, you, you look at these guys, there are a lot of big dudes in this draft, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, that you kind of you feel pretty good about. After that, it just gets dicier than hell. I mean, now, especially a quarterback, and I hate drafting, well, where we are, it's just best player available. I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, when you fall, when you're down that far, you pretty much go in best position, best player available. If somebody were to fall to you, something unforeseen, if a Jamison Williams at receiver because he tore his ACL in the championship game somehow fell all the way down to t- yes, you would jump on that. I think you would take that. Other than that, I'm fine. Just take linemen, man. They do tend to work out. If Charles Cross from Mississippi State is sitting there, then right, grab right. his ass. I mean, I'm fine with that. Well, don't do that, but pick him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can grab his ass if you're picking. Well, but that's the thing also, you know, if he gets somebody and it's like from Delaware, I'm like, well, that dude's going to work because he's gone to Colgate and Hobart and you name where, and you it's to, You go to Hobart and make it work, then damn it, you deserve <laughs> yeah. an awful lot of credit. I mean, that's crazy. Um, I do think the, uh, is it Zion? Is that his name? The Zion Johnson? Is that the the, the, the offensive lineman from BC? Yeah, um, I think that's right. I think it's Zion. I think it's, he's uh, the guard. And he is a guard guard. He's not a tackle. Right. He's which a what guard, which we're trying to replace. Yes. That's the gap. He's a guard. Although I wouldn't mind a guard tackle combo who could, you know, fill in for Donovan Smith when that era is finally over, mercifully. Yeah. I mean, um, don't forget. Somebody could slide to right tackle at Worf's go play left. But don't forget, we, uh, we also lost Kappa. So, which was not that big of a deal. Everybody was making a huge like right, but you lose the starter and depth. Right, right. The Marpet retirement was well, the that one. Was that's just that. Deal. That's where you go. Oh, that's that's not uh, April first. You know, I, I appreciate you, Allie, looking out for your future and that you have other interests and you like to build stuff and you're a painter and you you Play got the married. Ukulele and such. You just had a kid and you seem to have a lot of balance to your life, which is all well and good if I'm your friend. But I'm not. I root for the team you played <laughs> for, and I need you to go out there and play some damn football. But if you look at the Bucks' pa- uh, pressure rate last year, where it was coming from, over a quarter of the time it was right guard. And we know that because Cap, when, when he got hurt in the yeah. playoff run of the Super Bowl, you're like, eh, if you're going to lose one of the five, yeah, make it make it Kappa. And Shaq Mason, who comes in, oh, nice the, player. the pressure rate is less than half. Yes. So you you actually have improved at right guard. You just need to find a left guard. You need to find a left guard, and his name is Zion Johnson from Boston <laughs> College, and I've got my sights locked in, and that's the pick, Tom. Now you know. Don't go willy nilly of ignoring my offensive line guys that I circle. We we'd be fine right now at guard, Tom, if we had made the right effort to get a certain player who's likely to be extended now. I stopped going willy nilly after that road trip to Syracuse, sir. That's the last <laughs> time I went willy nilly ever. It's Jeff Cameron Show. Come back, wrap it up, get some probables in here in a moment. The Warchant.com multimedia network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics.
That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Check out the real situation. Nation war against nation. Where did it all begin? Let's do some probable, shall we? Let's get to Here we go. It's uh, time for you to cue the button there. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services. Locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding. And integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Hey, it's kind of stunning to see that Mitch Keller has only given it one run through five innings. It's a miracle. He must be a pirate if it's kind of stunning. It is. I mean, he's been. we've been waiting on old Mitch for a while. He throws 98. There's no excuse for Mitch not to be good, but he isn't good. Not just a screwball, Mitch. Yeah. Come on, Mitch Keller. Keep it rolling. We're up against, unfortunately, Brandon Woodruff, who's just shoving against the Pirates right now. One nothing in the fifth. White Sox and the Guardians. That is Keuchel and Bieber, and they're in the bottom of the second. Two, two, two. White Sox, Guardians, game two. Jimmy Lambert and Tristan McKenzie. Phillies, Rockies, Zach Eflin, Ramon Marquez. Phillies, uh, four games under 500. Is that where we're at here? Come on, get it together, Philadelphia. Herman Marquez, did I say that? Rockies. Braves, Dodgers, good matchup. Charlie Morton. Morton! Tony Gonsolin. Did you have a season win total bet? I did. On the Phillies? Oh, no, over the Pirates, over 65 and a half. Okay. When you're saying get it together, you're four games under 500, I was suspicious. I just want Matthew to have some joy in his life. Watching a team that's four games under 500 ain't it. Reds, Padres, Vladimir Gutierrez, and Mackenzie Gore. Orioles A's, Jordan Lyles, Dalton Jeffers. Rays Cubs, Drew Rasmussen and Marcus Stroman. Angels, Astros, Shohei Otani. He of the 0-2-7-5-6 ERA Otani family. Hey, hey, what's going on, Shohei? Jay Goderizzi goes for the Astros. He of the 6-4-8 ERA Odorizzi family. There will be runs. Should be, unless both figure out that they're good. Cardinals, Marlins, Miles Michaelis. Yes? I know it's Michaelis. Doesn't matter. Sandy Alcantara, who I love to say his name, and that's a fun Marlins team to watch, and he's good. Yankees, Tigers, Luis Severino, Eduardo Rodriguez. D-backs, Nationals, Merrill Kelly. There's good old Merrill. Merrill Kelly on the year has a zero ERA with 14 strikeouts. He's telling people to get some. He was also in Gunsmoke. Eric Petey starts for the uh, Nationals. Giants, Mets. Yeah. Carlos Rodon and Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett out here kicking ass through two starts. Kicking ass. Kicking ass. Oh, we haven't heard. We haven't watched that video in years. Blue Jays, Red Sox, Jose Barrios, and Nick Pavetta. Twins, Royals, Chris Paddock, Daniel Lynch, and Rangers Mariners tonight. Got a soft spot in my heart for that Mariners club. I may stay up late. Dane Dunning, who's annoying, and Logan Gilbert. 
Boy, both of them. Yeah, Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert. Dane Dunning. Whenever I hear the name Gilbert, I see the fat woman from What's Eating Gilbert Grape going, Gilbert! Speaking of which, Johnny Depp has fallen hard. Have you seen the testimony in his trial? That's a mess both ways. Both of them. Well, I don't, care if, I'm, I don't care if I'm saying, have you yeah. seen him? Holy yeah. Johnny, let's lay off the seven bottles of wine tonight. This <laughs> is not going well, sir. There's not enough to car in the world to save your face right now. What are we doing? That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. It's documentary time. It's documentary time. That's uh, is that the time on the calendar? Yeah, it's documentary time. Get caught up on all my favorite documentaries or the ones that I've noted, wanted to see. In my notes section, Tom, I learned a lot from you about the notes section. Uh, years ago, uh, I, I decided now, Tom's right about this notes stuff. There's a very simple mechanism right here. These little mini computers we walk around with. If you don't know a dude's name, type in a descriptor. Next time you see him, you're like, oh, that's the guy that wears the shark beads. Jerry! It's Jerry! Hey, Jerry! Anyhow, so that's, you know, I have that in my phone, and... Uh, You'd remember Jerry. I would. But I do I do that for, um, I do that for uh, documentaries. I love documentaries, thus I get sent, like YouTube knows, oh, he loves documentaries. Send him a bunch of stuff on documentaries. He's sure to click on it. Anyhow, so what happens is, then I see a documentary suggesting I watch this other documentary. I'm like, oh, that does look, that looks great. Look at that. I'll write that. Oh, put it in my notes. Just put it in my notes here on the phone. And so now... Problem is, it's just a reminder that I never see anything since uh, basically since getting married and having kids, I haven't seen anything. So I then put in my notes, go back and watch that documentary on whatever. Hey, you saw Interstellar though. That's good. I did, and I did on the day that I took off, and I told you, I said I'm getting up in the morning, I'm watching Interstellar. It's the only way it's going to get done. Can't happen at night because I'll go to bed. So it's going to happen in the morning. I got up. I remember. I'll never forget it. One morning it was like 8 a.m. I was like, here we go. It's time for Interstellar over coffee. We're locking in. And I'm glad I did because I was wide awake yep. alert. It's like a three-hour film. I it watched is. All, yeah. You got to buckle down. Bryce would enjoy that movie, I he's think. He's seen it. Oh, what do you think? He liked it. I suggested it to him, and he's a night owl because he's a kid. Who knows how late he stays up. He's probably taking advantage of the fact that his old man's asleep. And anyhow, he's watching. Yeah. he. Wa- I remember I walked in to get him up one morning. He goes, hey, I stayed up and watched Interstellar last night. I was like, Jesus, what time did it start? He goes, 11. I go, you were up till 2. I was. I watched Interstellar. It was good. He's 14 going on 50. Good work out of you guys. Be well, everybody. Peace. Talk to you tomorrow.